Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Midtown Conversations here on Midtown Radio. My name is Matt Rappelt, and today we are talking to Kitchener author Matthew Fries about his first published book, The Sick Box. Matthew is a Midtown KW resident who loves to write comedy. We have Matthew here to tell us all about it. Welcome to the program, Matthew. Hi, how are you? Nice to meet you. And as a, as a Matthew myself, I should ask, do you prefer Matt or Matthew? Oh my, yeah, that's 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 the question, eh, for every Matt. Yeah, Matt is good for me, yeah. Perfect. Well, welcome to Midtown Conversations, Matt. Very happy to have you here, and congratulations on the publication of Sickbox. Oh, thanks so much, yeah. Yeah, it was a long time coming for me. At 50 years old now, I, I've been writing since I was, you know, in my 20s, so it feels pretty good. And is this, uh, so you said you've been writing since your 20s. Is this the first time you've tried to write a book or is this one of the, one of the first one you've finished, but uh, there's many sort of left unfinished uh, on the road to this one? No, exact opposite. No, there's many finished, unpublished, sitting in a desk drawer on my computer, on my bookshelves, reams of paper. You know, they say you should write at least a million words, you know, before you're actually consider yourself an author. So... I've done that million, <laughs> more than a million, like probably two or three. I just write and write and write. I, I, you know, the sick box was something different. It, it came together and it feels like something that was, that's like a complete thought. Most failed novels aren't a complete thought, you know? Yeah, fair enough. And uh, so this is kind of a comedy horror novel um, that's been published. And so first of all, explain to us sort of what gave you the idea to do a comedy horror novel? And then the title being Sick Box, I'm sure there's listeners wondering, what is a sick box? Okay, two really good questions. So a sick box, first of all, is a um, uh, is something uh, in Catholicism that uh, you hang upon your wall it's a fairly large box, front facing. Um, it's a couple inches thick, and uh, inside you have, uh, you know, a crucifix, uh, statues, um, uh, holy water, and stuff. It's to give comfort to the to the dying or you know people who are just sick, and um, the priest can come or would come a long time ago, and anything he needed for last rites would be in that box. Or, um, you know, you could use it yourself even uh, for like simple things. So that's what a sick box is. And your second question was what? Or it was actually your first question. What was it again? It was, this is a, a comedy slash horror book. And I'm really yeah. curious because it's not all the time that uh, you have people marrying those two particular literary genres. You know, it's funny though, because they do do it. And it, it, there's like, yeah, it's kind of odd. Um, I've had a lot of people call it absurdist fiction now, which I think I've actually liked that term better. Um, but I was calling it a horror comedy. Um, but yeah, so, you know, like uh, Christopher Moore, he writes a lot. He writes horror comedies. Um, John Dies at the End by, um, oh, what's that, David Wong. That That's a horror comedy. They're out there. I mean, um, it's kind of rare, yeah. But I don't know. I see, I, I have these things like, uh, like uh, I collect these old magazines called Eerie and Creepy. They're old horror comic books, and I, uh, I'm, I'm like, I, I like the genre. And I, anything I write, I write comedy. So I write um, crime comedy. Uh, this just happened to fall. The idea I had was for a horror comedy. So I'll write in any genre, but I'll tag comedy on the front of it <laughs> right? or the end of it, whatever. 
Oh, that's great. Uh, and I have to ask, what is it about comedy that sort of uh, leads everything to that particular genre for you? I don't know, right? Uh, that's a good question, too. I mean, I, I've always found, like, since I was a little kid, my mother tells a story where she would say the word quiver, and I would laugh my head off. And I, I find words amusing. They're funny. And then when you string them together in a sentence, I mean, sometimes even just looking at them makes me laugh. <laughs> and that's the that's the kind of thing I like to read. And there's not there's really not that many people writing comedy these days or, you know, it was more popular in the 70s, you know, um, but uh, everything's so deadly serious. And you can see why the world's not a great place, but it never really was. So maybe it's time to bring some levity back to fiction. Yeah, I agree with that. It's so funny that you say that about words and just looking at them. I had that thought when I looked at the word Guelph. I was uh, writing something recently and I just looked at that word. And I'm like, that is a strange string of letters to go together. I know it's a weird thing. It's true though, too. It, it happens to me all the time. Yeah. So yeah. Guelph is a funny word. Eh? It is. It is. No offense to the, to the, to the lovely Guelphites who listen to this radio program. Why are Kitchener people always in trouble with Guelph people? It's always the way <laughs> Well, uh, the novel, it, I mean, I'm really looking forward to digging into it. Can you give us, without giving away any spoilers, can you give us a bit of a synopsis and uh, tell us what can readers expect to find uh, in this particular novel, The Sick Box? Okay. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a Horatio Alger story with demons and exorcisms and green vomit instead of like poor street urchins with strong backs and uh, <laughs> short pants. You know what I mean? It's, uh, <laughs> one demon's quest to get out of hell, which is kind of like, I think like all, all of us have strived to get out of the situation we are in. You know, we all want something better for ourselves, for our children, for our lives. And she wants no different. She just happens to be in hell. And she kind of receives this, that's why I said Horatio Alger, this kind of proposition where she can get out of hell. She's been received a promotion to Satan's outreach team, I call it. Um, and she will, she will, her, she's uh, told to um, possess the body of this child. And, you know, things don't go well for her. She's in hell. How can they go right? You know what I mean? And nothing uh, goes well in hell. Nothing goes well in hell and nothing goes well for her outside of hell. The parents are against her for some strange reason. They don't want her in the body of their child. And <laughs> just a poor soul struggling to get by, like all of us. Yeah, for sure. But they, you know, there's always the question throughout the book, um, how she ended up in hell in the first place. Um, what misdeeds led her there? And that's kind of the crux of the whole story. Um, Interesting. Yeah, that's something that I was wondering, even from just reading the couple pages that I've skimmed and, and sort of preview that you have uh, for the book out there. So I kept wondering, like, why? Like, why was she in hell? What has she done to deserve that fate? Right. You know what? To me, that's like the, 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 the best part of the story. And, and the people who've read it now, a lot of people who've said really, really nice things about it. A lot of, you know, it's mostly friends, honestly, at this point, really. I, you know, it's hard to market a book to strangers, especially one, a horror comedy or a, an absurdist fiction or whatever the heck you want to call it. But, uh, you know, people really like it. But no one's asked me that question. Like, like no one said, I just really digged how she got to hell. You know what I mean? And that's like, uh, it's such a part of the book that really kind of, I mean, it's a strange thing to talk about now because we're on the radio and I don't want to give it away, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have but to do a bit of a, we'll do a follow-up interview in in yeah. a few months or a year or so and we can chat all about it when all the spoil, we don't have to worry about spoilers at that point. <laughs> 
Yeah, when half of Canada's read it, right? There you go. When it's nominated for the Giller Prize. Um, so you mentioned earlier that you thought that this book was a full thought as opposed to some of your other works. What did you yeah. mean by that, a full thought? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, so I've always written like uh, short stories and, and things and, and novels. I've attempted novels and I've written them and I've gotten to the end of them. And, you know, people tell me they're good, but I know in my heart they weren't good enough. They weren't good enough to, to make a wave in with anybody. And um, they're, they're discombobulated. You know, there's a beginning and a middle and an end, but there's no there's no like a little twisty parts that tie it all together. You know what I mean? There's like when you it's it's kind of the thing, maybe like you don't really know what it is until you, it happens to you, maybe. You know, like um, like this book kind of came together with no. I also took like one of these, you know, these master classes. Yeah. You know, like uh, so I took the James Patterson one. Right. I was like, okay. what if James Patterson can't tell you anything good for $90, then then what you know, what's the what's life's not even worth living if that guy can't <laughs> you, you're a fan. Like you know, that's like asking Stephen King his his big tricks and then him telling you and then you're getting nothing from it. So I figured I gotta get I gotta take something away from this this guy. So um his system by which he wrote was was interesting to me. And he wrote like a like a like a treatment like you would for a uh, like you would for a movie script um, and he, he put everything into it you know like he, he gave us one to read on the course and um, here I am like shilling for James Patterson right like forget that guy he's got enough money <laughs> but yeah but it was a really good system and I think that system of writing a treatment helped me like do like a complete thought so you're not just writing things and like plotting you're like oh, this is what needs to be done because you're correcting as you go instead of writing and then tearing up big 40, 50 pages going, ah, this doesn't work, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's sometimes good just to get outside of the system that you have and just try something new. And I mean, sometimes it doesn't work, but in great situations, it can find that uh, you've been missing something that whole time. And it's probably true. I mean, like even in like your radio interviews and stuff, I'm sure you're like, you learn as you go. and you know, every like, single time we do it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I always end an interview and I say, Oh, I wish I would have asked this question or I wish I would have done this differently or something, but it's probably the same way with writing. Yeah. Well, yeah, I would think so. I mean, I like a, like a good interviewer, like, like, you know, like a people that are good at interviewing others and stuff. It's, it's a real skill. It's a fascinating skill really to getting the information, the interesting information out of people rather than them droning on, which I may be doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I'm not doing my job right. So uh... <laughs> no, I blame it on you. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So um, I'm just really curious about what it, what sort of inspired you to uh, to write the story. We talked about the horror comedy aspect, but in terms of the the sort of subject matter more specifically, um, what inspired you to to write this particular story? Well, you know, it's not like an entirely original thought. Like I've worked my entire life um, doing things that I really, you know, I do for money, uh, you know, working in offices, working as a mailman or doing whatever. It's not that I don't like appreciate having a job or appreciate the people that I'm around. But, you know, like you can't help but thinking on some days, this is hell. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And so I started keeping notes of like, 
this is what's hellish about my life. And, um, you know, I always wanted to turn them into a book told from the perspective of a demon in hell. And um, then I was sitting around a campfire with my friend, a fire. I find that interesting, right? It was around a fire. Yeah. No, no, not a demonic Satanist witch fire, just a bonfire. Thank God. Oh, thank God. <laughs> and, and he said, I got this idea uh, for a story. You can have it. He said, you know, it's about a guy who goes and gets a, a sick box at a garage sale and um, it's possessed. And then they're like, then it was like a big thriller. His idea was a big thriller, but I had already been thinking of this idea of a comedy. And once that idea came to me, I was like, okay, that's what I do. Right. How did you take it from that point to get into, you know, the point where you knew that this was a story worth telling? Well, see the, 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 it's a weird thing, right? Because the story was already there. So, you know, the, the, my daughter was born and uh, I had pretty much stopped writing. I had like not given up, but I, you know, you can't, you can't write at like five in the morning when you got a kid and she's crying or whatever. So about this time this happened, she was about eight and um, I was just looking for something to write about. You know what I mean? I, I would have taken anything, right? The ideas were there, but there wasn't like, I wanted one that was, that, that was going to be like something that was fun, enjoyable. And something that just wasn't going to get rejected every single time. I thought, at least if I write something this crazy, somebody's going to say, hey, that sounds funny. Let me read it. You know what I mean? Rather than just getting constant rejection. So the idea about like the work is hell thing, that, that had always been in my head. The idea of telling a story from the perspective of a demon who worked in hell and hell was just like an office had always been in my head. And um, I just needed a way for them to get out. So when he started talking about a sick box as like a way for a demon to get out of hell, I went, there you go. Goes through the sick box into these people's lives. Who are these people? And then the story takes care of itself. Who are these people? Well, they're my family, right? You know that thing people write in books that said, like any characters here are, are uh, not resembling, right? Yes, I know sure. that. I've often wondered if that thing is just bullshit that people just add in there just to cover their asses legally. It's complete shit, right? It's, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's obviously my family and people in it are people I know and have met. And not 100%, you know, you always take 10% of this person and 10% of this person and something this guy said or something, whoever, my wife yelled at me or whatever, right? So... Yeah. That's great. Well, it just took James Patterson to get it all put together. Actually, you know what? It really did. If I ever meet the man, I'll shake his hand. But the <laughs> odds of that aren't good, right? <laughs> so uh, you mentioned that, um, you know, commonly speaking, people have said that it takes a million words before you can call yourself a writer. When did you really feel like a writer? Man, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't think I do. I, I don't think honestly, and I mean that, I mean, I don't feel that I've like achieved what I want to achieve. I, I got a book published. It's great. But now you got to like market it and sell it. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. You know what I mean? But, you know, for the sake of the publisher and myself and my daughter and my family, I owe it to people to, to try and sell the bloody book. And for the story, I, right? Well, yeah, I mean, that's it, right? That's it. The story's not mine anymore. It belongs to the universe. So go be free, but it can't be free when nobody will read it. <laughs> so I'm still helping it along, but I don't, I don't know. You know, 
Uh, I think I think probably if I like I'd like to publish more books by my second or third book, I think I could actually call myself an author or a writer without being read in the face. You know what I mean? <laughs> it still feels like, ah, you know, sure, I got a book published, but uh, you know, I need to do it one or two more times. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, it's being a writer is it's one of those jobs where you, you don't get hired to do it, right? So, or I guess to be like a novelist, right? You don't often get hired to do it. So it's kind of you have to decide for yourself what the right time is that you can consider yourself to be a writer. Absolutely, I think that's true. I know when I was a little kid. Uh, this is a second story I told about when I was a kid, but I wrote something in a journal that we were to write at school. Like I, I would like to play baseball for the Blue Jays in the summer and in the winter, I would like to write books. So I was young enough to think that that was an option. So, you know, this is, <laughs> this is something that I've always wanted to do. Right. But I, I just still feel that I got a ways to go. Yeah. Fair enough. That's great. Well, it's a great dream to have. And I mean, the fact that you've published this book there, you just need to lace up the cleats and you know, who yeah. knows? <laughs> we have to you, and, you and Vladdy Guerrero now. Jr. Bo Bichette. Yeah. Toronto Blue Jays 2022-2023? There's 50s not too old, right? There's still time, right? <laughs> I think it's still good. Tell me about the uh the book cover. Oh, the book cover, yes. Um, I love the book cover. It was actually done by a friend of mine who's my neighbor down the street. Her name's Amy White. She's a brilliant graphic designer. And um, I was like, I didn't like the book covers the publisher was was showing me and uh, suggesting. So I said, listen, I got a friend she'll do it for a, for a, I'll take her out to supper. I still haven't taken her out because of COVID, <laughs> but whatever, she doesn't care. Uh, she gave me, she was so good. She's like, what, what, what should it, what should it look like? What do you, what kind of book covers do you like? And she was so thorough and she came up with some beautiful ones. There was actually one I liked even more, but it, it didn't, it wasn't, I thought this one was more modern looking. You know what I mean? Can you describe it uh, for the listeners? Yeah. So in the one that they didn't, that we, that I didn't choose, it was like, it was kind of like, if you've ever seen the old uh, J.R. Tolkien's um, Lord of the Rings covers or the Hobbit cover, where it was kind of like, like a constant rings of, uh, of, uh, of the, the picture. So it yeah, was like, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know that one? So it was like a rabbit. It was like a rabbit because a rabbit obviously plays a plays a huge role in the in the novel to sick box so the the rabbit but then it had all these weird colors going back and out and out and out and out, and its eye was all messed up it was great it was like it was a real throwback i liked it maybe for the sick box too if i ever get around to it well you mentioned sick box too what are the next uh projects that you have on the go what's what's the uh the novel that's going to make you feel like a writer yeah, so I got one right here on my desk that 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 I'm really high on that I really like, and I, I finished it. And I'm just looking for someone to publish it, which is proving to be much harder than I thought it would be. You know, <laughs> I thought, well, I got one book. Surely somebody will say, well, he's got a book published at least. Maybe we could read a page or two. But ooh, it's like constant rejection. But I, I really like it. It's 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 not like the sick box. I mean, it's a comedy. Like I say, I write comedies, but it's it's more of like a coming of age story about. Uh, my wife uh, who grew up in a small town and it's just her life story that's great well the novel is called the sick box matthew freeze matt thanks so much for joining me here on midtown conversations really appreciate you taking the time yeah uh, thanks for having me so much matt uh, uh that was really a lot of fun come back and join us again soon 
Okay, thanks very much. You've been listening to Midtown Conversations here on Midtown Radio. Tune in every Saturday at 11.30 a.m. for more great conversations with Kitchener-Waterloo residents. Until then, I'm Matt Rappold.